long as the dogs don't go crazy, Absolutely crazy. we'll be good. So, I want to do a little talking because you got some ties to these hound dogs, but you're way more than a dog man. Hmm. So I want to talk about where you got started and your, your love for the hounds. And then I yeah. want to talk about this trip you just made to all the Ben Lilly country. Well, um, how I kind of, how I got in dogs is, uh, well, my grandfather on my mom's side, Ralph Stevenson, he had hounds when I was young, but, uh, and his cousin was Gus Lanergan, who that, uh, and that's where grandpa got his dogs. Of course, I didn't know what kind of guy Gus Lanergan was, but he was a government hunter over in Humboldt County and he has their scalp receipts for 3000 bears. Holy moly. Yeah. And, uh, when I was a kid, I, uh, in, in high school, I went and interviewed him for my English paper. So I went up to Gus's, he was retired old, you know, and, uh, there'd been some bears in his, uh, apple trees that, that morning, you know, and he says, uh, I've, I've killed enough of them. He said, I kind of just let them do as they please, you know, it don't bother me, but smaller kind of guy nice nice guy um my granddad like i said uh ralph stevenson there in humboldt county he got out of the dogs probably in about 78 79 somewhere in there uh my my other granddad that uh he was actually born in canada but him and his his dad and them they worked the wheat run they would go down to texas oklahoma and then make it all the way back up to canada then they ended up coming they come down and uh, they lived in the south and I can't remember exactly where, but then they came to, uh, they kind of came to California, um, both sides of my dad's family in the Dust Bowl. So then my family lived down um, down on the Glen Ranch, Glen Eyre, down uh, on Highway 45 down south of Hamilton City and he hunted down there. I've got some old pictures of him with some hounds and uh, then both my... Um, you know, my dad, he became a, a government trapper when I, about 78, he started in Humboldt County. And uh, who had got them the job, my, my uncle Daryl, Daryl Fry, he, uh, he was corresponding. He would correspond with Wiley Carroll, and he would correspond with Steve Mathis and uh, Hoyt Short and a bunch of them other old guys, you know, and, and uh, he became friends with them. And Steve Mathis set him up with a couple dogs, and he also got him a job with the governments who spoke up for him. That's where he got his start. And that's where, that's where we got the foothold. And uh, Steve gave him a couple dogs and uh, was instrumental, you know, uh, in helping that get started. Um, Uncle Darrell worked in uh, Harney County then, and uh, then he went on to Elko later on, and that's where he retired from. But... We kind of always had, uh, we had some mostly trapline dogs. You know, they might be, I mean, we always had hounds. and But, you know, uh, growing up, we had trapline dogs, and a lot of them were McNabb crosses. Define that, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know well, what you know, trapline um, dog is. When you got a trapline dog, the ones we had were kind of terrier crosses, terrier hound, kind of different McNabb uh some good McNabs, you know, and terriers. But just kind of anything that would work, you know. Uh you know, when you're riding along, you uh 
say you have a, a trap on a drag or something, you want something to be able to trail it up. But, you know, a lot of them times, them, them smaller terrier kind of McNabs and stuff, they wouldn't run something out of the country on you. So you could work along and and uh, um, and get them going. Uh, we should probably, I apologize. I don't know how much these dogs are coming through, but we are sitting in the middle of a field at the Elk Creek Field Trial. So there is no place quiet to do this. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're in a camper or if you're sitting out in the middle of all of them. It's about the same sound. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, a bunch of them kind of trap lane dogs uh and when i uh i kind of had different ones you know there were some airedale crosses and hound you know crosses and things and and uh some of them dogs would be good for going in a den and uh retrieving out coyote pups things like that that's kind of where the them guys started using them terriers more uh and then you know they would be aerial hunting uh with the government and we'd use dogs under the plane to catch cripples or uh um Mostly with that, yeah. You know, uh, if anything happened, to be able to take care of all that. Um, I had, uh, I'd had, well, I had my fair lamb money up. We lived. My dad was trapping out of Lakeview, Oregon, and um, we stayed up there. We lived in Valley Falls, and uh, we had some hound crosses there, and some and some pure hounds, and you know, different terriers and things, but. Uh, I took my my lamb money and I bought this walker dog pup. It was uh the guy's name was Alvy Payton. You know Alvy Payton. I know Alvy, yep, and his son Cricket. And uh I uh I took that money and went and bought one of his dogs, which were as close to Charlie Tant walkers at the time, I think, as there was going. I, I could be wrong, but um I, I remember I bought that uh, that pup there, and then right soon after that, we moved right uh, right down here to Orland. Dad was uh, this where both our grandparents were from, so Dad got a job back here in Glen County, and uh, right about then uh, we started. My uncle Daryl went back, and he'd bought a uh, a mountain cur, Kimmerstock, and. Uh, found out that they uh they were just natural decoy for coyotes you know and they would cold trail too and uh uncle daryl was hunting with a one of his lion hunters there was richard holcomb who was good old southwestern guy you know he worked you know he went hunted with dale lee and guided with them guys and and uh you know and them dogs could cold trail with them dogs and it was so we kind of bred off that but you know for hound wise uh I've hunted, I've hunted quite a bit of different things at different times, you know. Um, but uh, I've I've always kept Kimmer stock. I've always kept pure dogs. Um, but I, uh, the hounds I've got right now, I've got uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just a mixed pack. Yeah. I mean, no, there there there's some plot and Walker and and. Uh, they're mostly plot walker and black and tan. I got some crosses that were Boone Shockley stuff. I got oh, yeah? some stuff that uh, we'd crossed with some, uh, oh, it's a big walker name. I can't think of the name of it, though. You'll remember when we're done. Yeah, yeah, I'll remember. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I've been hunting some of them and uh, different things. But that's kind of where I'm at with, with dog-wise. I've always got a terrier with me, but... Um, 
it was crazy because honestly, like all the years I knew, I never knew you were related to Daryl. Mm. Like up until just fairly recently, uh, uh-huh. which his podcast, you know, that was recorded. It's been a little while now, but yeah. everybody, we got a lot of feedback on that mm. one because he's an interesting, yeah. interesting man. Oh yeah, is he still hunting? Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, he's still uh, yeah. He's hard to keep down. I will say that he's wiry. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, yeah, he's a hard hunting. We, uh, when I was a kid, we got a, I'd stay out there and out of Elko and, uh, we started decoying those coyotes and the, uh, government wanted kind of show a video of these things, the guys, different guys and show them how this could work and stuff. So we spent a, we spent a month out there pretty much just hard calling and, uh, we had just a, it was one of the best months of my life, but, um, we were up, we stayed kind of up around jackpot. We were up. Not all the way to Jarbridge, but then we hunted uh, kind of from Wells, Deeth area, um, all in that country, and uh, we're working on the sheep. And I don't remember who he was trapping on. It might have been Pete Paris. I believe it was Pete Paris up there. And, uh, yeah, we had such a time. And a decoy dog. I'm, okay. I, we got to kind of break it down, yep. but that's a dog that you're calling coyotes. Yep. Or, or you, you know, them. them dogs, they get to where... Um, you get out and howl and you'll get another you get a coyote to answer you if you got a dog loose and a coyote answers you a lot of times depending on the time of year but you better get sat down because they might be in your lap before you know it you know they they get a little different with dogs and once those dogs figure out that when they when they come back to you bringing that coyote that they're going to get to get their teeth into something it's they really learn it. They, they just look go for out you. and round them up like those coyotes just follow look, those dogs. And they and you know you can watch them and they them coyotes will be them dogs will be watching those coyotes at the corner of the eye running, and if the coyote stops, the dog will stop. And then them dogs learn how to read those coyotes because you know some of them dogs, if they're too gritty, they'll just run a coyote right out of the country. You know they'll be and just push they'll them. just keep going. They don't know that if they stop and that coyote chases them back, that they'll come back to you. Some of those guys, you know, they'll put a, a flag up or they'll put a crow or something where them dogs learn to be able to see them. Sure. They know exactly where they're at and they come to that because they're hid, you know. So they'll be able to locate well, them and know them where they're coming better. Right in the gun range. And all it is is, is, is being, uh, it's a territorial deal with coyotes. You know, canines are canines to them. And... Uh, during certain times of the year, whether they got pups in the ground or pups out of the ground, um, they're more aggressive or less aggressive, kind of a deal. Some certain times of year, coyotes will run, you know, run the dogs right up underneath you, and uh, and and be, and you might be on your horse, and they'll run it right up underneath you, you know. And and other times, you know, they even see a dog, and they you you'll see them going over the next ridge, leaving the country. It's but the right time of year is the best, you know. Right. It's it's exciting so yeah and then you've been on a big tour though you were down in some beautiful country well, recently um i uh well depending i i do guide i i i've been guiding you know for jared travort out of utah but we guide in utah and we guide in wyoming and colorado and uh, new mexico I'm trying to think we, I st- oh, in Idaho, right? yeah, if I didn't say that, we'd guide out of Montpelier. Yeah. And then we'd go and we'd uh, 
guide the wilderness out of Cody into uh, the Bridge or Teton going into Yellowstone. I spent uh, I spent six seasons up there, and it was it was amazing. What were you guiding for up was there? Guiding, we were guiding uh, elk mostly, but then there was quite a bit of deer there during the snow. They would be migrating through, and then uh, um, we had a few wolf hunters. Yeah. But we did not. We weren't successful with a wolf there. I did call in a few, tested them. It was. And you're packing in. You're like mule training yep. in, right? Yep. We take uh, we take about 35 head of horses and mules and uh, pack in there for about two months. Man. And one 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 season, me and Jared stayed there the whole season. Never went to town once. Oh, that'd be the life. It was. It's pretty weird to come back to civilization. It's like takes you about three days to get Let's rid of your feral. cell phone. Feral, three days. <laughs> That's how oh, I feel. Even when gosh. you take off for a week or whatever, it's like, man, you just you don't want to come home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That country there is littered with wolves and grizzlies. I mean, that's where I take my little terrier. And uh, funny thing about those grizzlies is she'd bay them, and they would they would mostly ignore her. Really, never line her out. Um, if they turned at all and made a move to go the other way, she would nail them. And They'd woof. Just but, quick, huh? Yeah, they'd woof, but they would never really ever come at her hard. Although we watched one time she was uh, she was chasing a bear out of camp, and it, it went across the creek, and when it got up the bank, there is a big meadow up there, it turned around and crouched down waiting for her, and she was coming out. We were all watching, and she couldn't see it. And, I mean, a foot before she got up that side, she turned around and went down. I guess she could tell it was that close. It was laying right. and waiting. We're like, oh, my. But yeah, I had her in there for six seasons, and she uh, she made quite the name that, that little terrier Lucy. She made quite the name for herself. Uh, um, I remember the Forest Service come through, the trail crew came through, and she, the lady says, "Is that Lucy?" And I go, "Well, how would you know that?" And she goes, "Oh, she's famous in thoroughfare." And I was like, <laughs> "Really? Oh, she's been known in different camps." I was like, "My gosh, that's but, pretty uh, cool." Yeah, but they, uh, you know, they they were different. They wouldn't. Uh, I, I know black bear would have been pestered just a little bit to get, just chase one down. Right. You know, and, but there, no, they, they were a little different. So, but, uh, yeah, I've been fortunate. You know, I did work for the government. I did, I started in, uh, Arizona and I was 21 I just turned 21 and I was camped on a place called Dobson's, which is, it's all housing. It's all big. It's a it's a development right now, and uh, I was just trapping on winter sheep and uh, just coyotes. They would tempt fence all the alfalfa south of Phoenix, and then they would just run. The herders would just stay there, and but boy, I had some rough coyotes down in there. there. Yep, rough coyotes. And then uh, and then right after that, I went to work for uh, uh, the government up in Colorado. I stayed out of. Uh, little town called Walcott near Vail. So I stayed there for a summer um, in some beautiful country. It was, it was the Piney Valley Ranch. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I haven't. Um, Tread Barda would hunt on there quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a guy to look up if you want to see some interesting yeah. stuff. My gosh. I know a buddy that took him. Really? Hunting. Yep. Yep. The Tread Barda way. Uh What's the wrong way and the right way and the tread barred away. But yeah, he would guide on that, on that ranch, um, for his TV show, but he mostly would guide, you know, he, or he would hunt on there. He mostly, 
he was hunting doe. He was hunting doe on there. You know, yeah. a management deal, harder to hit. You know, different things. And uh, but that was the ranch. It was it was thirty thousand deeded acres. It's in a That's humongous. A and uh, I had to take one bear there, but uh, a lot of coyotes. Well, no, actually, there, there were coyotes, but the uh, there weren't that many. But just about every one of them was a bad killer. You know, yeah, it just. Well, in Arizona, the there was so many coyotes, but there was only a handful of bad killers, you know. But up there, and it kind of differs, I guess, in different places and different things. Yeah, for sure. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, as of late, I've been doing, I've been still uh, doing some guiding. I've been uh, guiding some lion hunts out of, uh, down around Zion and, uh, the uh I'm trying to think the Vermilion, Vermilion Cliffs and then over on the uh on the Kaibab Plateau side. So those uh there's actually a, quite a few cats down there. Yeah. I was pretty surprised. Um it was uh fairly good trailing. It's 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 actually this time of year this time of year is when uh we would hunt down there. So wasn't real stable um, conditions, Sending you know. Conditions. Be freezing, you know, snow tonight maybe, and then just be muddier than heck, and then be dry as a bone, and nothing stable. But it, it was some good hunting there. Uh, and that's what makes it right. I, if you can get conditions, no matter how good or bad yep. they are, if they're stable. Stable is what I this. You know, you could be, you could be trailing along and. Uh, you know, depending on if, if it's, you know, things are evaporating up or something, you know, and hit a, hit a dry, you know, hit that hillside that's dry. Or, you know, the worst thing we went, come across down in that country was uh, that blow sand, which just is nothing. You know, it just, they all, you, and you can see that track going across there, but. There's no sand. There ain't nothing left, you know, it's especially. Yeah, there's nothing really to hold it. But, uh, um, but yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, them stable conditions. That's what I found is is the best. The freeze thaw stuff is uh, is the hardest, but that's when you can you can get more of those tags then. So they uh, they know it's harder. They can give out more tags, make a little more money, and um, hopefully get some of that. And those are more of a management one, I believe. You know, they they put those ones that they really needed in worse for predation and things on those lions. But uh, but yeah. So if you had to pick, like if you had to pick a piece of game, what's your favorite piece of game to hunt? Dogs, without dogs, regardless. Well, um, lions is pretty much where I, uh, is where my heart lies. You know what I mean? That's kind of, and, you know, it didn't, it didn't help reading that, you know, majestic houndsman on Lee Newhart Jr. every single month. And, you know, just have a, a picture of a, of a, few pups of majestics but he always had the best stories you know he had lee brother stories or he had you know uh different stuff on you know cool stuff so that's that kind of got me going you know and and knowing steve mathis and knowing wiley carroll those guys were you know uh real super real deal real deal you know and uh um you know, Uncle Daryl, he still he still has letters from those guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. He 
He, you know, he'd write all these old, there was a bunch of old guys he would write. Uh, but, um, They're super interesting guys. Well, like yeah, Mathis, yeah. you know, that brave book that had been out since the eighties yeah, and everybody couldn't find them. And then we found, you know, cases of them we bought from his grave. Isn't that just, it's just crazy. And it, the coolest part was now it's like people can get them yeah. and they can it needs read to them. Be. It yeah. needs to be passed around because those guys, they're a dying breed anymore. I mean, yes. they're all getting up there in age, and you got to think back then. You went hunting. You just started walking. Yeah, them guys. I, now it's everything so broke up, and them guys didn't. If they didn't come back in a month, that was part of the game to them. Right. You know, they, they, uh, you know. And I know we've talked about it. And Dad was trapping down in Cochise County, down in Arizona. Lived in Wilcox, and. Uh, Boy, I tell you that uh I I remember the you know uh it's the first lion that I saw in Arizona um was um it was up we could see tombstone from just about the place that we took it. Really? Um there was a there was a lady down there or she had a ranch her name was Peggy Monzingo and she lived in the middle of the rocks up there in the dragoons up above tombstone and she uh um, she had a, um, it was great butterflies and hummingbirds at certain times of year. And she had a lot of cactus flowers and things. So she would put up guests there and she had some lions killing. And, uh, me and Sam Derringer, it was like July, hotter than blazes. And we went in there and, and, uh, gosh, we, you know, I was a kid, I was probably 18 and we were trailing up there. And, uh, I remember we come up on this shady side of the, rim there and uh he said yeah he said this probably be where they jump it and sure enough we we were we were jumped and treed in probably five minutes after that but uh <laughs> like the derringers know something about catching yeah, lions right yeah you pretty much named every big name you can think of in a 15 minutes Gary. yeah hey, i'm a name dropper <laughs> hey that's all right they, but, they get yeah. their name drop for a reason good a family as i know you know uh i don't you know them guys are just good people um, me and Sam went to work in for the government at about the same time. And, uh, he's a tiny bit older than me, but yeah, um, good people. And yeah, that country down there, you know, uh, you know, I, I know I'm in the footsteps of some of the greats, you know, I, I, I hope to, that I planted my foot in the same spot. Some of them greats have it, right. uh, that, that really intrigues me. I remember messaging you, and you were down there, and that's what you said, I'm taking taking the path Wiley Carroll took. Yeah. You know, it's like that's – and that country is so different than anywhere else. I know I love listening, like, when Brett talks about hunting down there in New Mexico and mm-hmm. the Arizona guys. It's so different. Yeah. And it's different, dog. It, mm-hmm. It's totally – and it's a different man behind them. Yeah. I mean, really, that's the thing is they're tough as nails, and they haven't – they ain't got an ounce of quit in them. To go off yeah. into that country you know, and just that's disappear. That's that hard, you know, where it's frozen solid in the morning and you are stripping clothes off by 10 o'clock. And it, it'll it suck the sap out of you down there. Yeah. You, you question your sanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's worth it, though. It definitely is. Gosh, yes. I um, know. I would love to get down there and go do some dry ground because it's so different, you know, for us here. 
you go out at night and you don't get a track going, that's that's a rough night. Yeah. When you're hunting lions, I mean, you got to be on it. And if you if they aren't there, you got to find them. Yes. And that's the thing is you guys cover so much ground to catch anything down there, it seems like. Yes, there's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I've found that them lions, and, and I don't know as much as I'm letting on probably, but I've seen <laughs> lions walk further in other places. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I As far as traveling? Yep. Her big circles. Yeah, and a lot of times them, uh, uh, most of the time I see them really traveling as if if they've got on a road and they're going to somewhere. And I've seen times where I've been at this mountain range with water on it, and I can see five miles away is the next mountain range, and there's a big flat in between, but they have that in mind. Yep. Hopefully you can get ahead and cut them off fresher, sure. you know, instead of going through that flat. But um not all the time they're not beelining either so yeah i feel like there was a lot of work by the houndsmen more so in that style of hunting than like when i go i just turn dogs loose and the dogs are doing the work but mm-hmm. it seems like that dry ground stuff you know yeah helping them i'll uh you catch up to your dogs a lot more yeah you know you um and dogs that don't know how to get through those rims are a, a hindrance you know, when I remember I was hunting with Jared down there out of in Utah, and uh, we were watching on the GPS, and that was just when the GPS collars weren't back. We didn't have them here yet. And um, I watched his dog go up the hill, and then they both went left for about a half a mile, went up the next hill, and came all the way back and hit that track again. But they knew if they got if they found a place to get up that rim that they could come they back get. and catch that track again. But that's just from experience, learning how yep. to get through it, and learning how to. And dogs can go up a crag, mountain, rocks, cliff way better than they'll ever come down them. You For know, sure. they just they just keep going up. But to get them to come down is a lot different story. And you you end up getting up there and and you know and that's one thing about hunting pups, and I have found it down there and and uh, you got to have rope when you're hunting down there for sure. Yeah, and be able to take them, drop them dogs down, but that that country is uh, pretty intriguing. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been definitely blessed. I've been uh, um, been around a few great guys and great women in the hound world and uh there's a certain camaraderie you know there well, even if i've never met a hound man i kind of know he's not real smart you know but no <laughs> well <laughs> know no, that right like, off the bat like i said i didn't even know you were related to your uncle uh, and we just got, like honestly you're one of the first people when i started coming down here that uh-huh. we, you know we hooked up with and yeah. got talking we've stayed in touch but this is probably one of what two times a year we might see each other right here in the, in a the banquet. CHC banquet, we'll usually hit, and you do all the auctioneering for them half the time. And yeah, it's it's really cool. Like this field trial, I really hope that these dogs barking isn't going to completely screw this whole thing, because it is a huge event. Like especially uh, this year is yeah. huge. It it's, seems like yeah, they. I uh, mean, there's dogs tied out. We got what one, two, at least three rows of campers. If and there's three hundred dogs here, uh, I'd I wouldn't be surprised. No, I think there's yeah. probably at least that. It's a good, uh, 
And, you know, I've been coming to this. In fact, me and the ranch owner, Charles, we would hunt bears when I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, gosh, when, you know, we just moved down and, and uh, me and Charles, I, uh, and uh, old George Hackett, we, uh, we went and caught a bear. It was the first bear I'd seen. I was, I was 13 years old. We, we didn't live in bear country. We lived up in Lakeview and dad was just trapping coyotes and uh decoying then so we didn't have any bear but when we got down here we uh me and charles hooked up and and uh they didn't have they they well then they started having the field trial about then we used to have a water race down there and uh right down here at the main pond we had a big water race there for several years no kidding yeah and practices and you know it was a good time whitney's have been good oh these guys have been so great over the years they let us use this every year they just open up their property. It's a bit. This is a huge event. Yes. There's uh, you know, the big Calcutta and a fundraiser, and and uh, there's a there's a pretty good set of people here with no dogs that just, that just do not down. miss it. Yeah. Hear old stories. Yep. I know. They, that's uh, a, It's nice to get together because this is where the old timers come. They too. do. Like, if you want to talk to old school houndsmen around here, they're just sitting around and telling yeah. stories all day. And it, it's. And we're losing them. We're definitely losing them. Uh, one of my old buddies who I hunted with probably more than anybody was George Flournoy. And uh, he was oh, a yeah. lion hunting some again. And I, me and George, we. Uh, we I, I was the last one to hunt with him. We was. Uh, I think we was trailing a fox, but it might not have been. But uh, we were, uh, George said, he goes, I got to go to the doctor. My heart, I said, I said, I noticed you've been a little sleepy lately, you know, and things. And he goes, I said, my granddad, when his heart was going bad, he was not getting out. And he goes, yeah, I think so. And that was on a Friday or a Saturday. And his appointment was Monday. And he died either Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. It was the day right before he had that. But whether they could have saved him, I don't know. But. I learned a wealth, you know, he hunted a lot with Ray Nelson. Um, he hunted, uh, um, he, he, he was, he worked a lion study on the bighorn, California bighorn sheep out of the Kings River country for like 15 years. I could be wrong, maybe a little longer. When I first started hunting with him, he just got done doing that. And he still had a set of, a, a set of lion dogs that were as good as they get, you know, and, we were guiding bear hunts, and he uh, he kept one side full of lion dogs and one side full of bear dogs. And I can remember towards the end, he started using his lion dogs again on bear, you know. Yeah. But it was kind of, uh, and he had some great dogs. Him and Ray Nelson did breed quite a few dogs together, and Jim Bueller. Um, but more Ray Nelson stuff. Uh, it was pretty tight-knit. Yep. With those guys. I mean, I know we all think we're tight knit now, but back then, I mean, you had to go out of your way to be in touch with houndsmen. It's not like yeah. Facebook now. Oh, I mean, yeah. we can we're, all keep in touch across exactly. the country. Used to be, you had to write letters and yep. you had to just show up somewhere and, you know, and, and wait, go hunt. wait till one of them old guys, uh, um, you know, made it back to a post office somewhere that, uh, yeah, we definitely, uh, we are blessed to have the technology we have to be able to keep in touch. Yeah, it's a lot different. Those old hell men were a, a way different breed. They, oh, yeah. uh, 
I think mine is a lifelong commitment, but those guys, it was, it was everyday living, you know, and they, they, uh, I, you know, them guys, they just did it. I don't know. They just—they didn't have a choice. I don't guess. Like I mean, they were knee deep in it from the word go. I yeah. mean, it, it was a way of life, more so than even us. Like, yeah, we all feed dogs every day and whatever, but we got day jobs and we go do that. Yeah. Those guys were just hunting, and yeah. that was it. Uh, it, uh, yeah, and you know, there's so many great, great houndsmen that we have never heard about and will never ever hear about that could have had the best pack in the world. Right. You wouldn't know it because they didn't have you know the right and maybe they didn't want it you know maybe. uh but definitely uh there's some greats that don't ever get mentioned yeah you know uh well just think of local i mean like yeah a lot of the guys you grew up around i mean they're pretty big names but everybody's got that one guy even local it doesn't matter if you know most of them aren't on facebook but it's like yeah, there's always that guy. You just gotta find them. They're usually the quiet ones. Yep. Just look for the big circle and the soft-spoken ones. Yeah. They usually got the best stories. Yeah, it uh, it's it's funny how that works. You know the the guys that don't need their horn tooted, they somebody else will toot it for them. Yep. And the ones that now there are guys. You know, I I would say just from reading the Lee brothers books that I would not get along with Dale Lee at first. Sure. It'd take a while. He's <laughs> pretty rough, and you know. According to his book, he could, you know, whip his weight in Wolverine, you know, there wasn't nobody to get him, but, you know, in the way he, in his book and stuff, but, uh. I know, I love these old Dale Lee podcasts that are, you know, oh. Brett Brock, because huh. you get to listen to him tell the stories. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He seems like he might be a little rough to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no kidding. He, uh, but, you know, he, he'd put, he'd put 50 hounds together and, and go south of the border and live it and you know just amazing yeah them guys they uh and you know i also i also heard clell was way better hunter than dale but didn't have the press agent that dale did you know of course but uh yeah that's that's all all hearsay but it's them guys definitely did it they uh you know and I think you know Warner Glenn has had some publicity, but I it'd be tough to it'd be tough to find a better set of dogs and 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 Hunter yeah. than the Glens. They and they and and they they don't hunt much other than right close to home. You know, it's they're they, still protecting. Yeah, they 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 stay right there, and they uh they don't go all over the world hunting. But uh, I mean, they have, but. They uh, pretty much stay close, you know, and yeah, uh, and I I had never have met him. I I'd, I'd like to. I'd, um, yeah, he's still. I know Clay Newcomb was just down there, really hunting with him, and it's been uh, it's been interesting to kind of like do this podcast. You get to talk to everybody, and you still hear like generations down the line, mm-hmm. like the hold that those old guys have. Yeah, you know, it's like they're they are a different breed. And just listening to the way they do things, we all think we got it figured out now. You know, we got technology on yeah. our side. We got time. But, man, I love listening to those old guys talk dogs. Oh, I hope tonight, once we get some dogs quieted down and, you know, we get to talk to some old timers around yeah. here tonight, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, there's a lot of experiences. You don't even want to add here. up the years of oh, experience my goodness. here. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Plus, and, and you got that all the way down to kids. Yeah, I mean babies. And it, I, it you know, I have ordeal. seen, I have seen a lot of these young youngsters grow up and and keep keep hounds. Yep. In and, a state, uh, I mean, honestly, in California, in a state, it is not easy to keep. This dogs. is the most hostile environment to hunt a dog, you know. And you know, do I? What I say? Don't let anybody get a dog just because you don't understand the kind of heart heartache you're going to have in California. But what I deny them that experiences that I've had just because of that. I don't know. You know, you yeah, raise this pu- you raise this puppy. You know, and it's. You know, it's come from a lot of good stuff, but you still don't know what it's going to be. And the first time it opens on a track or pops its tail or, yep. you know, shows any sort of game, it's it's uh, it's what you've lived for. You know, it's it's the spark that gets you. And, yep. uh, and I still get it. You know, you're wondering what they're going to do. And when they make a dog, it's, you know, and I've had dogs. I hope to always have dogs, you know. That's, yeah. uh, it, uh, definitely part of me. Yeah. Once it's in you, it's hard to, you, you know, know I've, I, seen... I've seen a few people get out and I wonder how, but, uh, they, they manage it. It, to me, it'd be a little tougher. Most of them I know they get out and then they get back in. Yeah. They yeah. just want <laughs> they just got to start all over. Again. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing, you know, a restart. I feel like that shows you a real dog man too, though. When you can get rid of everything you own and take your time, and a lot of guys do. I mean, heck, there's families, there's jobs. I mean, there's all kinds of outside influence that yeah. that can ruin hunting for you. Mm-hmm. And to see him come back and build build a build pack, a pack again, back. I mean, that yeah. our listeners know, but yeah, most people don't understand what it takes to make a dog, let alone a pack of dogs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, talking to, you know, George Florina, he, he would hunt the bounty lions before 72, I believe in these mountains right here. This mm-hmm. was his, he can, he's showed me places that he found scratches as a kid that them cats are still scratching. They're and, still there. And he would say, Hey, we're going to go down this ridge right here and there will be a scratch right here. And sure enough, it's been that way for, you know thousands of years i'm sure sure um every once in a while those those scratches will get disturbed just enough that they never visit them again or you know that lion had been they ain't alive anymore but yeah. uh you know he would uh he would go up there and hunt um right in these mountains right back here you know and that's where he said his dot his dad bought him a a good old hound, and I can't remember what hound man it was from here, but that's when he started catching lions, and then he forever, um, you know, he till he passed, he was still he still had something to catch a lion. Um, but um, yeah, that that was an old. And his family still hunts too, right? Yeah. I was going to say, I know his kids a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his his son, Young George, lives in Reno, and he is he's guided a lot. He's big into uh, sheep hunting. Yep. Um, in fact, one of one of George Senior's last big hunts, they they, I believe it was in Nevada. They Young George drew a tag, and George packed back in there with him, and they they harvested a nice 
nice shape. Um, it was it was short sleeve weather. I remember <laughs> that. I remember the pictures he, George had on a short sleeve shirt. But uh, yeah, they packed him out of there. But yeah, they uh, they'd been he's he's been around a lot. Yeah, George has. Um, why yeah. don't, why don't you say again? What's the guide service you're running for, Garrett? Well, I work for Jared Travort. Um, it's, I believe it's American West Outfitters, but, uh, I started with him in, in Idaho. And then that same year we went to Mon, or, uh, up to, uh, Wyoming after that. And then I've got, yeah, we've kind of guided all over the West. Yeah. Good stuff. Do, uh, elk and deer and, and lions and bear is pretty much what all we've done. But, you know, he's another one of them quiet guys and. We'll get Tony Blue out of LeVan. He'll come and... Because if we got to catch a lion, you just, that's who you call. Yeah, you, right. You know, and he's a friend. And he... And just, you know, I got a kind of a funny story because Tony will work the rogue crew all summer and then lion hunt all winter. All winter. And uh, he, was, he was down there and he knew there was a dinosaur track. And these rogue crew, they knew he's always checking the washes and different things for tracks, you know, and sure. he's seen some guys there and he goes, you know, he says, I think there's a track over here. And he walks over there upside of the road and there's a dinosaur track, uh, like a big bird track in some sediment there. Right. And fossilized. And he goes, yeah, I thought there was a track here, you know, but <laughs> he's one of those good, quiet guys that, that if you want to catch something, that's who you have with you. And it definitely, you know, I Somebody's got to toot his horn for him. Because he won't toot it. Nope. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, and, yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not going to keep you all day. I know you got your family here. We got a lot going yeah, on. You're too. a popular you guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I. Well, I always enjoy catching up with you. I'm you hoping bet. there's going to be some six-string strumming here there, in a little there bit. There probably will be. Uh What's the name of the band? Throw it out there. It's uh, Garrett Fry and the Cowboy Charm Band. You can find them on Facebook if yep. you want some good cowboy pepping. Yeah, I do some lives, uh, some lives there, and I kind of play all over the place. So You're like the American story right there. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we just go in on mule trains and strum a six string. and. But, you know, here's the deal. I don't ever really – that's why with the government, I only took temp jobs. I would only – and I'm afraid of commitment in that way because uh, it drives me crazy. Once in a while, I'll go punch a clock somewhere and it don't, but. Doesn't so I kind of, I kind of sacrifice a lot of stuff. You know, I do my trail riding all, all summer long up in, uh, up in Mount Lassen. So that's Hawks Rush Trail Rides. I'll plug that one too. Yeah, there But you me go. and my wife have been running that. This is our, we're going on our fifth season this year. So you want to come up for a. Where can they find Trail that? ride. That's right up out of, uh, in between Red Bluff and Chester, California. It's up at Mount Lassen. And they can find you on Facebook, Facebook. or something to set up a trail yep. ride? Hawks Rest Trail Rides. And it's at a place called Highlands Ranch. And, uh, but yeah, I might, I sacrificed my, uh, my retirement, you know, but. Yeah, but well, uh, why you want to enjoy all that exactly. when you're old? Enjoy it now. Exactly. Um, but yeah. But thank you. No, thank you, Garrett. It was nice to catch up with you. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it, even with Billy's Yeah, I sound dogs. like I was rambling, guys. So if you need to 
the long version. Ask me a question about any of it, but uh, anyhow, yeah, it's been an honor. Well, thank you, bud. I appreciate you coming on with me. Yeah, and keep doing what you're doing. We're going to try. You're going to be, where are you going to be? I'm leaving Wednesday for Wisconsin. We just got back from Idaho. We're here this weekend. It's that time of year. Uh You know, it's it's nice. You kind of get all your traveling done in one chunk. Good. You know, and I got my boys here with me this nice. trip, so this is their first big trial, and yeah, it's been fun, but it's about to get funner. Sun starts going down, and everybody yeah, starts yeah. barbecuing, and yeah, you know, uh, um, my old dad, Bill, you know, he trapped for the government forever, Bill Fry. He, uh, I just want to make sure he knows that I know why I still have dogs to this day. His dad is, you know, he's, oh, he's been everywhere. He went hunt down in Mexico. Went down there to work. He went down there and uh, after, he, after he retired for the government, went down there hunting lions and came home afoot. Stole his truck, stole everything he had. No Come kidding. home on the Greyhound. Oh, man. Yeah, and then Uncle Daryl had to go down there and spring him out, you know, get the rest <laughs> of his stuff and... Yeah, yeah, that's a story in itself, but uh, that's a whole other yeah. episode. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to podcast him. That's how we keep. It. Yeah. Anyhow, thank you, Jason. Oh, thank you, Carrie.